Are you ready to talk about derriers? Are you ready to put aside any years that you don't know that the rumbling in your gut ends up on the outside of your butt? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. It's time to pot it in your butt. Okay, let's go. Okay. Hello and welcome to Pot It In Your Butt, the podcast that thinks shame is lame and is here to shine some light where the sun don't shine. I am Christina. I am Taylor. Yeah, and this is our first podcast of 2022. Um, yeah, toot toot kind of sounds like toot toot, like farting, so I'm into it. I am hoping that it is the year that everything gets better. <laughs> Oh my god, are you insane? Like <laughs> it's all about to turn around. Yeah, things are going great. Um sure. Sure. Yeah. It's like you know how like Jesus died for our sins? I feel like like Betty White died for our sins and then like it's like uphill now. Um Okay. So are you saying like maybe in 40 days when Betty Wright White rises again. That um goes after three days. Oh shit! What's the forty days? I'm um, like the wandering through the desert for forty days. Passover. What's Lent? What is Lent? I don't know. Okay, so there's Good Friday, which is like when he died, right? And right. then there's Easter. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, so Lent is the forty days. Uh, before Easter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's supposed to um, symbolize like Moses and them like wandering through the desert. I feel like the four people that listen to this are screaming at us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, religious scholars who love our butt podcast. Yeah, the religion, that priest I went into. I'm like one pretty time. sure that's right. Like, that's what okay yeah so like Um, okay this is like there's what is it uh there's fat tuesday um, and then there's what's ash wednesday what isn't fat tuesday a mardi girl thing well that's why it's fat tuesday because ash wednesday okay i'm wrong it's not jesus it's not moses it's jesus so lent is a solemn religious observance in the christian calendar commemorating the 40 days jesus spent fasting in the desert yeah. so i was right thing. i just got the guy wrong yeah and i i got the guy right but thought he was in a cave for 40 days before he rose <laughs> so that's my bad um between us we know a lot about jesus and why well, I brought up Mardi Gras. <laughs> Fat Tuesday is the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, and Ash Wednesday is when Lent starts. So you get all your crazies and your titties out and your fucking beads, and then you go to Ash Wednesday. Celebrate Jesus wandering through the desert for 40 days. You take your tits out. <laughs> no, it's the day before he started walking, you take your tits out. Okay, Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday in French. And is a celebratory carnival that leads up to the beginning of Lent. The name Fet refers to the practice of consuming all the forbidden, all the food forbidden while fasting during Lent and taking your tits out. Oh yeah, this is science. Science and philosophy and religion had a baby, and it's this conversation. The Bible. 
I wrote the Bible. Oh. <laughs> Any hoosers. Moving on. <laughs> no, I just thought of a really good pickup line. What? I wrote the Bible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd fuck you. <laughs> walk up to anyone. I work. I would. <laughs> I wrote the Bible. I don't know. It's so funny to me. <laughs> it's a great pickup line. <laughs> it's a conversation starter. Holy so this fuck. is the butt podcast. Welcome to butts. Um, what do we do next? Do... Cool ass fact. I have one. Do you have one? I do. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and read mine. No, wait, 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 wait. wait. I do, I do, I do. Did you know that sharks <laughs> only exist in two places on Earth? Sharks. Sharks. <laughs> yeah. My, my pants and your pants. <laughs> That's also a pickup line. No, sharks only exist in two places on Earth. Do you know where? Well, you told me yesterday. Am I supposed to <laughs> Yes. Where? <laughs> The northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. So, get okay. it? It's a joke because it's the whole world. Oh my god, that is a joke. <laughs> it's the reaction you want when you tell a joke. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, is a joke. I have a joke. Go on. Is that is it your fun fact? No. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a joke. Okay. Go on. Okay. Did you know if you say, it's here, it's here, it's here, and then look in the mirror, a face will appear? What's this joke? It's a trick. <laughs> because you're looking in the mirror. Yeah! <laughs> that is not a joke. Are you fucking laughing? You sound like you're laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing like out of like embarrassment. <laughs> That's so mean. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, what's your cool ass fact? All right. So my cool ass fact, there are um, countries in the world that speak English other than America. That's it. No, I'm kidding. And <laughs> so we say toilet paper. Um, but other countries who, again, also use English, they have different names for toilet paper. And I have a list. Go on. The first one is bathroom tissue, which they say in the like the aisles of the grocery store. If you've ever noticed, like a little line that says like "Go here bathroom for bathroom tissue." tissue. So it's kind of classy, but I don't know anyone who says that in general. We have bog roll. Bog roll is that Scottish? Oh, I didn't do that research, but sure. Okay, I'm gonna um, say yeah. Bog paper. Interesting. Toilet roll, which makes me think of like food you would eat on Easter. <laughs> you you would eat like, a toilet roll, <laughs> like hot cross buns, <laughs> but it's a toilet roll. Um, so far, I like toilet paper the best. I've saved um, my two favorite for the end. Ready? Mm-hmm. Lou paper. <laughs> I like it. And Lou roll. <laughs> I like that too. 
Me too. Those are my favorites. I couldn't say it though, like, and like feel like I'm being a serious person. No, like, oh, um, I sharded. <laughs> Where's my loo roll? Where's my loo roll? I Actually, that can't. also sounds like Lululemon. Isn't that like clothes? Oh, I'm embarrassed. Oh, it's um, it's a multi-level multi-level marketing. There's a really good documentary about it. But it is clothes, right? Like athletic clothes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a scam. But have you um, ever heard anyone talk about the Lululemon murder? Yes. Oh shit! You know what? Lulu Row is the MLM. Lululemon. Oh, okay, okay that's like, like I've heard of that too. Like I think that's leggings. Anyway, yes, I have heard of that murder. Everyone, um, anyone, anyone who hasn't um, learned about that murder in any way, uh, I definitely know my favorite murder has one, and I do think um, this is why we drink has a podcast on both. They both have that on. Very interesting. Yep. Okay. Um. So now we do booty buddies. Okay. I'm excited. Are you ready? I'm so yeah. I'm so excited. So we kind of like I toned it down because I got some feedback that I had one about would you rather eat like two piles of shit or one pile of shit or something classy, and people were like, wow, that was gross. <laughs> um. So then I kind of was like, what's your favorite Christmas song? Like to- toning it down for a while. And I'm hoping that this is a nice in-between. Okay. Okay. Would you rather have your arms turn into actual T-Rex arms whenever you try to wipe, like on the toilet, or have a loud voice say, clever girl, whenever you fart? (laughs) I'm a clever girl. And Clever Girl is from Jurassic Park. If any of you don't know that, this is a dinosaur-themed situation. Um, yeah, I because I you can't wipe with T-Rex arms, so and I need to wipe. So definitely the Clever Girl one. Um, can you do the accent of the guy that says Clever Girl? I I don't remember how he says it. He's either Australian or British. I'm sorry, I I have a hard time telling the difference between those accents. My bad. Um, right, Clever Girl. Oh, he's like, but he's like squinting his eyes and really staring at a dinosaur. So put that into your brain as you try to act that out. Um, I can't do it. I I will work on it for the next episode. Okay. So you want clever girl whenever you fart. So if you're like giving smooches and you have a little fart or you're doing sex and you fart, someone's going to say clever girl. Or <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Sounds All nice. Right. Um. I think it would be real. I think if I turn, if ever since I was born, my body arms, <laughs> my body's arms, that's a crazy way to say that. Um, <laughs> my arms uh, turned into T-Rex arms. I think that I would have a system down. I don't think so. There's no way you can't <gasps> do it. You don't think I would have a system? Someone has to wipe you. What if I got a bidet? <sighs> I just don't know. I'm private, and I would want to know where that voice was coming from whenever I farted because I like being alone. Is someone falling? Like I would feel like I'd be like I would want to fart. Like I really like positive feedback, so like <laughs> would make me feel really good. Like you tell a joke and no one laughs, and someone says they la- they're laughing out of pity, and then you just fart, and someone says clever girl, then you're like I feel good. 
Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm, like, I'm upset that I don't have that. Oh, I'm super bummed. I thought this was a good, hard one. Um, but slit down the middle. I'm going T-Rex arms. I'd get a bit. Wait, 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 wait. Real quick, real quick. That's mm. what she said. Which part? I'm really upset. I thought this was a good, hard one. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious to say. Just if you ever want to make someone feel bad. <laughs> being really terrible. Okay, so that was the very uneventful um, cool-ass facts. You got some cool-ass jokes. And um, <laughs> booty buddies, are you ready to tell a story? I am. Okay, so we've talked about some cartoon characters before that don't wear pants. But I'm going to go ahead and do more of a deep dive. Oh, but that, that's just porn. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to talk about cartoon porn. No. <laughs> so the first, uh, the first article I'm going to reference, uh, so we can just get a handle on which cartoon characters don't wear pants, mm-hmm. is from a website called Complex, an article by Brendan Gallagher. And it is called A Definitive Style Ranking of Cartoon Characters who don't wear pants, and there are 15 of them. <laughs> Wowza. Yeah, so number 15 on this list is Yogi Bear. <clears throat> so, as the article says, Yogi is uh, a bear, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> His signature look is a green pork pie hat, a green tie, and a collar. So, that's it. <laughs> that's all he's got going on. <laughs> I like that he's a collar but no shirt. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, basically they put him at number 15 on the list. They said like he's a pretty bland look. He doesn't stand out. Um, so he is last on their list. Um, next is Winnie the Pooh. Hmm. His signature look is a red shirt and sometimes a honeypot. <laughs> Uh, okay, a honeypot stuck on his head. He's not wearing it for fashion. <laughs> well, I there's still that's all they've got to go on. <laughs> okay. Uh, as they say, Winnie loves honey, but apparently hates fashion. <laughs> um okay, hard disagree, by the way. You do okay, so not only can he not be bothered to wear anything more than a red shirt, but the shirt that he chooses does his figure no favors. <laughs> Yeah, his shirt don't fit. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'm, so you disagree? You, you think Winnie's got to go on? I think he looks great. I don't agree that he wears a honeypot by choice. That's like saying if someone <laughs> was wearing handcuffs, that they were like, that outfit looks bad. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is good feedback. Um, <laughs> Thank you for the okay. feedback. <laughs> Number 13 is Donald Duck. His signature look is a schoolboy outfit in a bush tie. Um, they believe that his outfit has not aged well. While school chic will likely never lose its charm, the throwback schoolboy look is best regulated to the dustbin of history. <laughs> I thought he was a sailor, so that's good to know. I also thought that. Okay. Number 12, Puss in Boots. Are you familiar? Love him. So cute. It's so fun. He wears little shoes but no pants. <laughs> so yeah, his signature look is a is a hat, a rapier. Is that how you say that? 
rapier yes. system. Good. He's a, a little bell. rapier. <laughs> a bell and, of course, boots. Um, so he is number 12, and I think, you know, I would put him, like, maybe number, like, four if this is my list, because I think he's so fucking cute. I agree. He looks great, and um, him and Winnie the Pooh, for me, would be higher on the list. Number 11 is Squidward. I, you know Squidward? Oh, I know he's from Spongebob, but I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> His signature look is a brown polo and a crusty crab hat. Uh, for a struggling artist, Squidward's fashion is decidedly uncreative. So... I can't that. The struggle is real, even under the sea. Okay, number 10, you're going to like Zap Brannigan. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think that's hilarious, because I never thought about how he doesn't wear pants. Yeah, I just kind of thought, oh, he's wearing a dress. So usually don't wear pants for dress. Um, his signature look is his red top, a black belt, white gloves, and boots. He is the only human on the list. So that is special. Uh, number nine, I have never heard of. Wacko Warner? Nope. Okay, it's from Animaniacs. Um, we're just gonna skip right oh, ahead. So he's one of the Animaniacs, I'm assuming. We're getting we're getting closer to the like b- better dressed guys and girls, maybe. I think these are all guys. <clears throat> Number eight is Fred Flintstone, orange dress, ratty blue tie. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they said Fred Flintstone is a fashion god, especially when you add in his Neanderthal dad bod and dapper clubs. <laughs> okay, they're going hard for Fred Flintstone. No, yeah, they've, they've got a boner for Fred Flintstone. Number seven, Porky Pig. Oh, Luke, yeah. Red bow tie, white gloves. Um, Porky is one of the OG and best known pantsless cartoons. <laughs> Number six, I like this one, Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I agree. Like, he looks fly as hell. Blue shirt with purple triangles, red sneakers, looking fucking fly. And again, another person I didn't think about how they're not wearing pants because their shirt's so long, it's almost like a dress. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't, like, it's it's interesting to go over this article because I didn't think of how all of these people don't have pants. Number five is three, uh, three for one. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Monochromatic shirt hat combos. The one color ensemble is priceless. <laughs> I don't know if I. It's weird to put them high, so much higher than Donald Duck. Yeah, I would have definitely put them lower. Like, I don't know. Like Rocco, I would put. I don't know. I don't like that they're above Rocco, but whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, number four, Chippendale with their aviator jacket and fedora and Hawaiian shirt. A hundred percent agree. That little dude looks so fucking cute. Yeah. So number three, I don't know. Fritz the cat. What's it from? Fritz the cat, the nine lives of Fritz the cat. <laughs> <laughs> shit so if you don't know fritz the cat i guess yeah i don't know who that is either okay and i also don't know number two kit cloud kicker tailspin i watched tailspin but isn't that blue cap patched up slouchy sweater nope don't remember okay number one i agree with this darkwing duck 
So he's wearing like a cape and a blazer and a hat and a mask and no pants, right? Yeah, double-breasted coat, cape, turtleneck, wide-brimmed hat, mask, fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really funny. Like if you think, like not yeah. like to be wearing literally everything with pants. So he's yeah. He's got a cape but no pants. <clears throat> so now that you know all of these cartoons that don't have pants, I'm going to uh, do some reading from a sci-fi article called Sonic is a Nudist, Winnie Goes Bare Bottomed. Why do so many cartoons go naked? We investigate. Oh, yay. I'm excited. Um, okay. Animated animal protagonists in children's cartoons aren't usually naked, but they're rarely fully clothed. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh comforts around the Hundred Acre Wood wearing not but a t-shirt, exposing his round golden bottom to the elements. I mean, Son- sometimes he wears a honey pot. <laughs> okay, You've, you're going both ways on that. <laughs> um, Sonic the Hedgehog sports only sneakers, socks, and white gloves. <laughs> Mickey Mouse wears a pair of pants and gloves, and Bugs Bunny just wears gloves. If an animator pitched a human character for a children's show who dressed in this manner, they'd probably be arrested or at least put on a watch list. So, how are these costuming? What is going on at your house? Sorry, um, I realized I saw that stuff in the oven, so I was trying to tiptoe to the oven <laughs> to turn it off, but it didn't work because I have dogs. <laughs> yeah, they're like okay. All right, but so. So how are these costuming decisions made in the first place? It's now the norm for anthro... I can't say this word. Anthropomorphized characters to wear a bit more clothing than their predecessors. But nudity is still somewhat prevalent and companies tend to leave the original figures in their various states of undress. It helps to turn the question around and look at it another way. The act of putting an item of clothing on a cartoon animal actually introduces the subject of nudity. Most cartoon characters are unaware that they're naked unless the designer puts them in costume. So you see what they're saying? Like, anyway. So it wouldn't be like a thing. But then, like, if they put gloves on them, they're like, well, they could wear gloves. Yeah, it's interesting. The choice is interesting. why why clothes at all and why also that certain club like those certain clothing items and lots of them are accessories so it's funny to think like all wear gloves but no shirt pants or whatever you know yeah okay so animation historian and san francisco state media professor carl cohen says that early production codes responded to cartoon nudity in an inconsistent manner Human characters, even when sporting exaggerated features, were suddenly held to the same standard as live-action actors, um, which means, like, Betty Boop got, like, a longer dress and stuff when these codes went mm. in place, um, which is what they say. When the production code was first enforced in 1934, Betty Boop's dress had suddenly become longer. Um, her blouse had to be buttoned up with no cleavage, so she used to be a whore, and then she was a <laughs> After Jesus came out of the cave in 40s. <laughs> it all comes back to religion, folks. So I'm just going to read that. I really like this article, so I'm just reading it. <laughs> Things get confusing when animation studios started anthropomorphizing. <laughs> How do you say that word? They need a new word for that. Um, anthro. 
anthropomorphizing animals, though. When a cow got dressed for a party in an early 1930s Disney cartoon, Cohen says, the censor realized that meant she had been walking around naked during the first half of the short. And that complaint was enough for Disney to have its cows wearing skirts and dresses after the short was released. Perhaps because they found these new censorship standards annoying, many animators began adding obviously risque gags into their projects as red herrings to distract the censors. <laughs> and it worked. In the original Elmer Fudd short, Elmer Fudge short, An Itch in Time, you can see a bit that was left in, though it was ordinarily a decoy line the animators assumed would be cut. Elmer's dog has fleas, and Elmer wants to give him a flea bath. The dog insists he doesn't have fleas, and he tries to hide his discomfort to avoid getting a bath. At one point, the dog starts to drag his butt across the carpet to get rid of the itch. <laughs> he stops and looks at the camera to say, I better cut this out or I might get to like it. Oh, my. <laughs> um, yeah, that was an interesting little bit of history. Mm-hmm. Animation historian Jerry Beck says that anthropomorphized cartoon characters like Sonic, Winnie the Pooh, Mickey Mouse, and Bugs Bunny have been able to skirt the rules of the human rules of decency throughout their tenure because they're not intended to be fully realized characters. They're not Betty Boop or Jessica Rabbit who often push the limits of American censorship and the production code to their breaking point. Many of the designers who worked on these characters were actually in the business of creating icons. Before they had storylines, Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse we're just clusters of visual indicators. You have seconds, just a few seconds, to get the information across as an animator. So each piece of clothing on a character has to be distinct. Which, so that makes sense, right? Like, they don't want to put them in this full outfit because it's almost like, oh, I see these gloves when I think of Bugs Bunny, you know? Mm, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, Becky explains this cartoon character as icon theory using Donald Duck. In Donald's first appearance in 1934, he's wearing a little sailor suit. Oh, you're right. It's a sailor suit. I mean, well, now I don't know who's right. Is it a schoolboy <laughs> outfit or a sailor suit? <laughs> I'm thinking the historian's right. Okay, so he's wearing a little sailor suit. Well, that's playing on a couple of things at once. In the first cartoons, he's near water or on a boat. So the, cartoon, so the costume is logical on that level. In the 1930s, people were routinely dressing their kids in little sailor suits. It was trendy at the time. So it would have been recognizable for the audience. A lot of kids were meeting Donald well just the same way, but he's a duck, right? So he doesn't need the pants. <laughs> that would make swimming around awkward. And we get to the point with the sailor hat. <laughs> um, um, okay. Sorry, what were you going to say? So I... I... I love the point of, like, basically, like, uh, I think about things like, oh, you know, like, brat dolls. You mm-hmm. know what those are? Like, they're, they wear clothes, and, like, now they have a cartoon and stuff that reflect what's popular to dress as at the time. So, okay, if you're, people in the 30s were de- dressing their babies as sailors, which is also ridiculous. Because um, <laughs> they, they can't, they can't serve our country as a baby. Correct. Um, but. I just kept thinking, well, when was it trendy to wear little white gloves? Because they all wear little white gloves. <laughs> I don't know. Royalty wears little white gloves. So, Do you know why? They're... No, I don't. Uh, okay. Um, okay, I have one more paragraph. 
So this pattern applies to pretty much any animated character. Beck says that you just have to consider the objectives of the original designer who put them together. Take Winnie the Pooh, for instance, he says. He's not just any bear in the woods. He belongs to a little boy who loves him. So it stands to reason that Christopher Robin might put a little shirt on him to set aside to set him aside from the other woodland creatures. He's got a shirt because somebody cares about him. Oh, that's so fucking cute. Yeah, so... Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. And something, I mean, I hear people say all the time about the way characters are dressed. Like, um, I'm sorry, my dog just got off the bed and is now looking in my closet. And that's fucking terrifying. That is scary. <laughs> Sadie, please don't give your old mother a heart attack. Um. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I, that's simply something I've always wondered. Why the heck would they bother to put a shirt on an animal but not pants? And pants, uh, maybe pants are harder to draw because they really don't put pants on animals a lot. That's true. Yeah, and I think, like, that the thing you said, like, about, like, okay, if Donald Duck's going to be swimming, you know, like, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, yeah, so it's just a little, little back history about why we see so many cartoon books. Oh, I love them. Um, just the fact that that list said that Winnie the Pooh wears a honeypot really is going to stick in my brain forever. <laughs> um, so what is your story? Well, speaking of Winnie the Pooh, um, I'm going to tell you the history of twerking. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Winnie the Pooh twerk. He's got a fat little jumpy butt. I bet he could, like, fucking roll it. It would look great. Hell yeah. So I got this information, um, citing Taylor from my my site. (laughs) She sent it to me. And then uh, the article's from um, vice.com. This is just a brief history of twerking. So, Taylor, when did twerking come into your, like, your life? Like, when did you know what twerking was? Um, around 2015. Yeah, I, so I would say to me, like, whenever Miley Cyrus was, like, twerking with, oh, I don't remember his name, but the Blurred uh, Lines singer. Yeah, that fucking asshole. Yeah, that fucking creep. Um, That's kind of when I remember hearing everyone talking about twerking. Like, she's twerking on him, yada, yada. So do you think that was probably 2015-ish? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so same. Um, But working has been around since uh, about the 80s so I thought that was really interesting hmm. um, it actually so it's yeah it's been around for 30 plus years twerking is if you don't know what it is booty popping you might hear someone say that ass clapping booty quakes or wobbling so basically it's when um, you make your butt cheek shake has it you, you bounce to your butt? that ass yeah like it's like your ass cheeks aren't attached to your body. It, it's really mesmerizing. Um, it came into the American mainstream about five years ago. So that's kind of when we were saying. Uh, but Vice says it, little, a little research shows it's a fairly straight line of cultural appropriation that leads from the proto-twerkers of the late 80s. Um, so basically in the late 80s, it was all black people doing it. And we, in about 2015, it started to um, get culturally appropriated. So it was in the mainstream and very underground thing. And like the African-American community. And then like 
it's almost like um like how voguing started with like people of color and then Madonna yes. did it. Totally. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Um so you know, people of color, uh queer people were voguing in like New York City or whatever in dance halls and then um, Madonna took it made it really popular and then it becomes this whole different thing same with twerking and then no one gives credit Madonna didn't say hey this is where I got this dance from um, Miley Cyrus isn't saying hey this is where twerking came from so all of a sudden it becomes like a white thing versus um, the people of color that it came from of course yes all right, so it says, from the proto-twerker of the late 80s to Rebecca, I just, I put this in quotes from the Vice article because I think it's funny, to the Rebecca and Susan busting it wide open in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, so I was like, I'm just going to leave that in. That's pretty darn funny. Um, all right, so da, da butt, D-A-B-O-T-T, like that, that butt, but. Like um, baby. Yeah, but um, was the first video of twerking, and it was made in 1988 by Spike Lee. Um, yeah, the video features both Black college culture. Um, so Black college culture is actually where twerking came from. Uh, so it's twerking dancing to a go-go music. Uh, this is dance music that was featured in the video, and it made it to 35 on the Billboard charts. So back when Billboard charts, we cared about them. It, that was pretty darn big to not... Uh, Go-Go music is dance music, I believe, from um, Jamaica. So the fact that it made it to 35 and then it also had this butt video with feature uh, featuring people from college shaking their booties. So that was in um, 88. So hmm. pretty darn long time ago. Then we go to 91 and two live crew released the, re- sorry, released the video of Pop That Pussy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which was widely distributed and popping the pussy uh, was uh, in the video had twerking. In 1993, uh, Caribbean singer Petra debuted her album Queen of the Pack and the videos for her song featured her and her dancers in cutoff jeans, shorts, shaking their butts and popping that pussy. So they were, um, it just Hi. kept showing up more and more in videos. And then 92 to 96, again, remember, this is still like, you know, what is that, like 20 years ago, 20 something years ago? So a long time. Um, in the third week, so in from 1992 to 1996, the third week of April, uh, which was spring break in Atlanta, Georgia, the, in Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, they started the Freaknik Festival and it became popular. Um, it, those are the years it became popular, but this festival actually originated in the 80s, but it became like organized in a real thing in, in 92 to 96. And um, they had things like twerking um, competitions, and it was basically known for lots of music, lots of sex, worshiping that ass. Yeah, right. that sounds like a very twerk, like a very twerking definition, worshiping that ass. Worshiping that ass. Yeah, people just love it. Then in 98, the 504 Boys Wobble Wobble was released. (laughs) And in 2000, it reached number one on the rap charts. That's a pretty big deal. And Wobble Wobble was about twerking. I I really had no idea. Yeah, no, I didn't know any. Like, though, I it starts to get into songs I know in the next point I'll read, but I didn't know that what those people were doing in the videos was twerking. Like, I'd never heard that word. Yeah. 
I would have called it, we called um, sexy dancing, uh, freak, what do we say with like freak dancing or like um, grinding? Grinding, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I definitely would never have felt like twerking if anyone was like shaking their ass or anything. And I know grinding is typically like simulating sex with two people, like basically dancing, but like any kind of sexy dance or whatever, we would call it freaking. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I remember that too. That's embarrassing to think about. It is embarrassing. Like we'd be like, I remember being like in middle school dances, and they'd have to break the boys and girls up. They'd be like, oh, they couldn't do that. They were freak dancing. <laughs> and like we said it, like it was just like, oh, they were waltzing. Like you know what I mean? Like, it's just like I kind of dance. Oh, they're freak dancing. Like oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, body man. rolling. All right. So in 03, the Atlanta strip club culture comes into the mainstream. Uh, so I have actually heard this before that Atlanta has the best strip clubs. Aren't you going to Atlanta soon? No, I am not. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Next, uh, when you decide to go, they are supposed to have really good strip clubs. Um, good to, I've never been to one, so I guess like I'll, I'll start with the best. That is so crazy. You lived in Portland for how long and you didn't go to a strip club? Who am I going to go to a strip club with? My wife at the time? <laughs> That's very normal. I've done with my partner, like. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm boring. No, it doesn't mean you're boring. It just, okay. So I grew up in Portland, Oregon. And for those of you who don't know, it's like, it's got just a shit ton of strip clubs. It's like a thing. Like themed strip clubs and shit. What's that? Themed strip clubs. I don't know if we're home to the only vegan strip club, but we definitely have some. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So... As me and my friends, everyone turned 21. That was the thing to do. Everyone would go to the strip club because you could. So it's like, I've been to so many 21st birthdays at the strip club. Um, so yeah, it's just crazy to me that someone hasn't been to a strip club. Like, it's like, oh yeah. Well, next time I come to Portland. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so, oh, we're just like two like queer like <laughs> ladies oh, going to the strip club. <laughs> yeah. Two almost 40-year-olds going to the strip club. Yeah, it's not um, pathetic. <laughs> Jess, you're in cargo shorts. I'm in a cardigan. <laughs> we don't drink. You know, I was thinking that. Water, Just please. like, can we get a ginger ale? <laughs> I fucking love ordering ginger ale, though. Like, at a bar, it's always delicious. They have, like, yeah, the- and they put a lime in it for you, which is so good. Yeah, like, I love bar ginger ale. I love ginger ale, yeah. I assume strip club ginger ale is delicious as well. It might be. I mean, <laughs> or Shirley Temple at a strip club. Oh, my God. Fuck yes. This okay, is what that's we're official. We're doing that. But, like, let's have, like, maybe an edible first. Oh, yeah. Like, let's not, um, let's, I don't, I don't know about going we'd have to decide well I do know like so where I live now there's like no strip clubs like anywhere around it's like in the strip clubs stop oh, I'm kidding. um yeah no I just think like it would be hilarious if we took edibles because like I giggle so much and I would for sure giggle at the boobies <laughs> I think you'd find a wife <laughs> hopefully I think they'd be like, look at this sober ass bitch. Like you're drinking your ginger ale or your Shirley Temple. Like just giving me money and respecting me and laughing. 
I think he's just like bright ass red giggling in the corner. <laughs> and people were like, ooh, who's that giggling tomato? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I've totally lost track of, I'm sorry, um, twerking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so there are certain strip clubs in Portland too that are alternative ones. So like they might, and the best thing about going to an alternative strip club is usually um, the music's like a billion times better. And they're usually more into like the acrobatics of the pole. Yeah, that's really impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't been to a strip club, have you? There's this sometimes these women do things where they're so in Oregon again, you can get completely like naked at a strip club. But like I've seen women just like bending over and men at the rack, which is like the bar, like the seats right at the stage. And they're just, like, looking into their vaginas, like, and buttholes. I don't want to do that part. Yeah, it's wild. Like, I've been, like, at a 4 p.m. to a strip club before, and there's one stripper, and there's just, like, a guy at the rack, smiling, sitting there with, like, his chin on his fist, just, like, looking into someone's butthole. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Uh, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, it's an yeah. anatomy lesson at this point, sir. Like... <laughs> okay no but tell me about twerking please oh i'm sorry (laughs) okay so um in the 03 atlanta strip club uh scene becomes mainstream uh and how it did this is bet so i think black entertainment yeah but it sounded very white oh no and how i'm gonna say it's gonna sound white black entertainment television um (laughs) <laughs> they had uncensored late night uh, video programs. They also, and this is a personal thing for my sister. Hey, Marie. Uh, my sister and I used to stay up late watching BET. I think it was called Comic Jam. Um, <laughs> it's just like these raunchy black comics. And it was, we just thought, it, I just okay. seriously imagine two little like white 10 and 11 year olds watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. Yeah. So they would have late night, late night video programs, and the videos they were playing um, would they featured such songs as Nelly's Tip Drill, which imagine what that means. Like, yeah, like the tip oh, of your dick. Got it. Like a drill goes it in. Pop it. <laughs> and the Ludacris also had a song called Pussy Poppin'. Apparently, uh, yeah, it was a, a remake, or he just had another pussy. Because who had the first Pussy Poppin' song? Oh, it was called Pop That Pussy. Okay. Oh, see, that's way different. That's way different. That's a different thing. And then Little John's Get Low, which you know, right? No. Are you serious? Like, get low, get low, get low. Sorry, I don't know anything. I've never been to a strip club. I don't watch BT. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I do think that was like a, like, on like popular radio i think it was a famous song maybe it was just famous when i'm going to the strip club at 4 p.m and seeing men look into buttholes because <laughs> that would make sense if they were saying get low yeah that's true that sounds like a great song to strip to <laughs> to show your bottle too all <laughs> right um okay so many of these uncensored videos featured twerking by actual strippers um now, because of cable, most people in America could see twerking. So, in like 2003, you might have, if you watch BET, you might see some of these uncensored videos, see twerking. But again, I don't, 
probably wouldn't know that it was called twerking. Uh, so the word twerking uh, for butt shaking, pussy popping um, developed somewhere in 2004 and really became mainstream in 2009 when YouTube featured the twerk team videos. Um, so the twerk team was a group of people that would make twerking videos. And so in 2009 is when they're saying the word, the actual word twerking uh, kind of became mainstream because it was used in this popular YouTube video. Uh, so yeah, that is the history of twerking. Again, uh, there's a lot of dances that uh, white people have taken and made popular uh, from other cultures. And again, uh, they don't give any credit to those cultures. So it's pretty icky. Um, so it's cool to learn this history. Like, yeah, I had no idea. So it's very like interesting. Yeah, and it sounds like. Um, Atlanta, Georgia is just like where basically all this came from. And uh, yeah, I just, it's, I had no idea. Yeah, so that's really cool. So thank you for sharing. We didn't, this is like a history lesson. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm tired of people not knowing how fucking smart we are. (laughs) Um, Okay, so. Do you have any um, uh, coolest accomplishments? Well, I think it's cool that you and I are doing a spa night tonight where um, we both took baths with like bath bombs and did like deep hair conditioning. And now we both have um, feet masks on our feet while we record this and we're going to do face masks. So it's like self-care night for us. Which yeah. is uh, very cool. Podcast self-care. Podcast self-care. And no one even knew that we were wearing booties this whole time. Because it's not just like right. a little mask you rub on. It's like fake weird plastic socks. On feet. <laughs> what? <laughs> we still sound normal. Wait, what'd you say? I said full on over our feet. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's We didn't just dip our toes in. We have little pruny feet now. Um. So that is cool. That is a good accomplishment to do self-care. Um, my accomplishment is I got through the work week. Um, obviously, uh, most people except Taylor know that the world is kind of falling apart and rough. <laughs> and if you are around people at all or work with people or whatever, you probably hear 10 stories a day about how someone in their life has COVID or they have it. And it's... um. Everywhere short-staffed, and it was a hard week. Um, and it also has been raining where I live or snowing for maybe three weeks. Wow. Black. I mean, pouring. My backyard was flooded. And today I saw the sun a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I got through the week, baby. So that's my accomplishment. Very, very, very proud of you. It is rough times right now. Mm-hmm. They might just be, like, just about to get better. Yeah. Yeah. The, your theory is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Betty White, save us all. All right. Any recommendations? Um, I always want to recommend the Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> like, always what comes to my mind. Recommend another TV. Okay. Um, well, the thing is that the season two is about to come out. Um, oh, okay, I will say another show that's about to come out is Ozark season four. Ozark is 
is pretty damn good. Yeah, people love that. Yeah, so um, it's a great month for television, which is very important to me as a person. Yeah, it's your lover, it's your friend, it's your mother. Correct. All of (laughs) you. All of them. Um, So I heard recently, I read a quote that said something along the lines is art is the only thing we do or one of the only things we do that someone didn't ask us to do. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, It's nice to just be able to create to create. So my recommendation is whatever kind of art you're into, I'm not just talking visual art, singing, dancing, uh, photography, whatever. If you're a creative person, creativity often gets put on the back burner, right? It's not seen as important. Um, But do art, do something for yourself that no one else asked you to do. And there's no expectations. It's... Mm -hmm. I it's a, I draw every day most days, um, and this is a it, form of self care too. Oh yeah, and it's just like, good. I mean, think of how many things in our life are basically just directed by men. If you want to talk about that, um, um, but put, on that. <laughs> put a pin in that, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, just something for yourself. I think in this world where we're being pulled a billion different directions. Mm, I love that. That is very, very awesome. Yeah. uh, Okay. So that's our little Friday night podcast. Uh, Ooh, I told you what day it was. Let's see how quick I can get editing done. Um, (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The secret's out. But uh, thanks for hanging in there with us. I hope your holidays were lovely. Yeah, woo! Thank you very much. And find us at pretty much everything on at Pot It In Your Butt. Yeah, if anyone else has Pot In Your Butt, uh, that's wild. But yeah, it's <laughs> we're gonna see Pot In Your Butt. <laughs> Feels it. Okay, bye everyone. Bye.